Welcome. Special tribute episode, uh, just a weekend episode. I, I um, uh, would have wanted to do a tribute to Bert, uh, Bert Sugar for a long time, and uh, I think I'm just going to pop it in here and give, uh, give uh, you listeners a chance to uh, have uh, some additional understanding about a guy that uh, is an unsung hero in our industry. Uh, thanks to sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Uh, Bert Sugar, Bert Randolph Sugar, uh, passed away about, uh, eight years ago, uh, as is mostly the case on these. I did, I did have uh, interactions with Bert, quite a character, and really a character. But, uh, but, uh, you know, what they said about him was true. He was, he was a great storyteller, teller, very, very witty, uh, was totally into boxing. So he wasn't as much into sports cards other than, uh, boxing. And even that, I don't think he was a big card guy. He was more of a, of publications. He'd been the editor of the, he'd actually, I think, purchased the ring. So again, I wouldn't be doing a tribute to him if all, all, the only thing that was involved was, um, uh, was boxing, even though boxing is a sport and it's it's worthy. Again, he he doesn't fit uh, be, uh, in in because of that. Uh, he was uh, again. He just he always had a cigar, and you know he he died of lung cancer, and he was seventy five years old. So he was not old enough to be my dad, but old enough to be an older brother. And was a you know I, I always had very positive uh, interactions with him. What I want to bring out is that in the obits and in his wiki uh, Wikipedia page. There is no mention of of a couple of things that are that were uh, very noteworthy in our industry, and I think noteworthy about the man himself. Uh, back, uh, can't remember this, the seventies or the eighties, but he wound up doing some uh, some kind of re- reproduction books. He, he did take some classic baseball cards and uh, reprinted them on cardstock, and and uh, they were perfed in a book. And you still see them occasionally. Uh, they're difficult to perf out uh, and keep in nice shape, but, but they're uh, they're you know a card of a card. They're a, they're a picture of a picture, so you it's uh, hard to confuse them for the real thing. But on the other hand, uh, it gives people a chance to see what the old cards were like. And back in that day, that was um, that was uh, that was interesting. He did uh, the other thing that that again ties into what I was doing is that in 1975 he came out with a sports collector's bible. Now he was the he wasn't I, I wouldn't call him the author of it. I call him the editor. He was compiling. Uh, from some experts around the country, and uh, I, I got a copy of that first uh, uh, edition, read it cover to cover. He did another edition in '77, but uh, and it was it was it was fabulous. It, it was not uh, uh, fully accurate. He had some difficulty uh, because he had many different contributors, uh, many of whom I also know. Uh, but there was conflicting information, and he had some duplications and things like that. But Again, I don't want to throw stones at something. There was nothing out there like this. And when he put out the Sports Collector's Bible, which is kind of a daunting uh, title when people accused me back in the day of, you know, that the Beckett uh, Monthly was the Bible of the industry. It seems a little sacrilegious, but uh, nevertheless, I'm not the one saying it. That, that's what, But he was the one saying that this is the Sports Collector's Bible. And, um, and it was the only thing out there in 75. And I, I did my first survey in 76, kind of published it in 77. So I'm I was uh, following in his footsteps to some degree in the sense that he showed me what was possible if you tap into some of the expertise around the country. Uh, again, many of those uh, gentlemen I knew as well. And he was, uh, I mean, it, it, it uh, kind of put the hobby on the map. It got things going. You know, his uh, his managing editor was Keith Olbermann, who was uh, has gone on to great fame and, uh, again, a, a very sharp guy in his own right. But uh, Bert was... Uh, was um, 
what do they say? They say he's a, he's a, like a raconteur. He, he was a, a recounter of stories and, and just was, he could, he could uh, hold a group, you know, in the palm of his hand of telling these stories. So he came to some of the early shows. Uh, you know, I remember seeing him in the seventies and the eighties and, and uh, interacting with him. And he was uh, very interested in what I was doing. Uh, and I was always complimentary of what he had done. But uh, by that time uh, that I got in the game, I think he had kind of moved on to uh, boxing, which clearly was his first love and, and a deep love. So, again, the hobby needs to acknowledge the pioneers. Um, you know, now I'm looking like I'm a pioneer, but I want to bring to you um, some of the people that uh, went before me that uh, here's a guy that... Um, that uh, stepped up and did a, a paperback edition, but it was 557 pages uh, compiling a bunch of checklists, a little bit of pricing guidance, but uh, mainly checklists for all kinds of sets. And uh, again, when it was the only thing in town, it was, it was still helpful, but it showed me what was possible. So thanks, Bert. Thanks for your contributions. You are not forgotten by me and I hope not by our listeners. You can, you can look up, uh, you know, he's got a Wikipedia entry. He's in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He's was uh, a guy that you was kind of an unforgettable character. So Bert, don't forget you. I don't forget you. And I hope the listeners don't either. So again, thanks listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.